Hey friend, welcome to the Planter Podcast, where we focus on faith, growth, and lifestyle. This is a podcast that propels both men and women to live their God-given purpose one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Damio Shodi, and I'm so happy that you're here listening to the Planter Podcast. Hey guys, so I just want to come on here and talk to you guys just a little bit before the podcast begins. So the first thing that I want to say is thank you so much for continuously listening to the podcast and giving me feedback and engaging with me on all social media platforms. Honestly, it's been a pleasure interacting with a lot of you. So thank you so much. And for you all who are leaving me reviews on iTunes, I see them and I appreciate it. And I actually want to give a shout out to somebody by the name of Nicole Puente. Uh, she said that the podcast is uplifting, inspirational, and real. This is her words. She said, Dami really shines a light on real issues, problems, and questions we face in our daily lives. This is a real conversation and I love how candid and genuine she is. I truly believe that after anyone hears this podcast, they will not only be only feel understood and not feel alone in their situations, but also encouraged and uplifted to start living a life in freedom one step at a time. So I just want to say thank you so much, Nicole, for leaving that review. That is so sweet. I really appreciate that. And I love the fact that you said it is candid. You think I'm genuine. I honestly really appreciate that so if you want to leave a review on itunes i mean i ain't gonna fight you like you're more than welcome to and you can get your review shouted out on the podcast so thank you nicole for leaving that second thing is i totally forgot to mention last week that i had a event on facebook live i had a bible study the first planter bible study on facebook where i spoke about basically what faith is like really breaking down the concept of faith and then how you can increase your faith so i just try to make it really you know practical um for those who are listening and for myself too honestly like doing that study made faith something like oh okay like i could do this i I know how to increase my faith so totally forgot to mention it my fault but if you are interested in watching that and getting the replay of that i will leave a link in the description box the same but i'm gonna leave a link in the show notes below and you can um listen to the whole video and it was really cool interacting with you guys on that video and talking with y'all and yeah i had a good time so not much to say any i guess with me podcasting anymore but or not with the outfits yeah so about this podcast today Honestly, I really feel that you listening to it, you're going to feel really uplifted and encouraged in whatever God is telling you to do in this time period in your life, especially if things are not going in the way that you would hope or expect. I really feel like this podcast is going to just, you know, put you on that path and let you know that even if there's trouble, God is still in the midst of what you're doing. So thank you guys so much for listening to me and we will get right into the episode. Hey everybody, you're here listening to the Planter Podcast where we speak about faith, growth, and lifestyle. Today we're going to be on the series, Thou Shall Create. I know I haven't done that in a while, but I still want to reintroduce this series. So for those of you who don't know, um, Thou Shall Create is a series where I invite creatives on the show to discuss their journey to their passion as well as maintaining a relationship with Christ. So basically this series is to showcase um, talent that is not just limited in the four walls of a church, but talent and passion and purpose that can be exercised in ways that we can't imagine. So um, I always invite people on the show to speak about what they're doing, um, if not for business, with their their hobby, their talent or whatever, and that their business and what they're doing is still bringing glory to God. So on this episode today, we're going to be talking about the idea of kingdom business, keeping God at the center of your business. And I have a very special guest introduced to you guys, and her name is Sean Pearson. Hi, Hello, Dami. How are you? I'm doing well. Excited to be here with you. 
thank you so much for wanting to be on the show. It is a pleasure. Well, it is a privilege for me to be able to share our testimony for the building of the work that God has called us to do. So thank you for the invitation. Well, my name is Sean Pearson. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I am a First of all, a believer in Christ, but I am a wife, a mother, grandmother, um, entrepreneur, community organizer. Um, there are many, many titles um, that I carry, but I am um, most proud of being God's example of a virtuous woman, which is what he called me to be so many years ago. I am currently the uh, chief executive officer for um, a few of our businesses. Our, our family is blessed to own several. Um, we have Zion Institute, which does small business development. We have Zion Living, which is a housing program that has two divisions. We have a licensed behavioral health facility and then also a program called Transitions for adult males that are um, in need of healing as they move into their leadership and headship. Um, we have Kingdom Communities of the Valley, which is our nonprofit arm, which does capacity building um, for churches and nonprofit organizations. And I have uh, Journey to Virtuous, which is coaching for women who are called to leadership. So it keeps me pretty full with, with those things. Wow. That, I didn't even know all that. So you, didn't, you didn't tell me all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, most of the time I have to remember it, it, the, the key is knowing which lane I'm in at in any given moment, but always trying to be a light in whichever lane I'm in. So oh, sometimes all of it is relevant. It just kind of depends on where we are in conversation. But mm -hmm. um, for purposes of today, it definitely was relevant. Yes, definitely relevant. And I love how you said, I'm a virtuous woman that God called me to be. I was like, yes. I was snapping at that like, yes. <laughs> well, that one did not come easy. That is, you know, probably one of the most pivotal points in my testimony. Um, unfortunately, as a, as a young adult, I attempted suicide. And um, clearly, I survived. Um, but in my season of having to spend a little bit of time in the mental hospital, I was very angry with God because I was still here. And I said, you made me stay here. What am I supposed to do? And he gave me an answer, which really challenged me to grow and um, leave a lot of things behind, do a lot of healing. So that is my purpose, to be his example of a virtuous woman. And, and that is manifested in many different ways some of which I'm still negotiating with him, but I'm sure he's not going to give in. I'll just have to do what he says, ultimately. <laughs> don't you just love it trying to negotiate with God? God, I don't want to do it. I don't right. want to do it. Right. He's like, all right, that's cool. Uh-huh, so you about to do mm -hmm. this though. <laughs> right, right, exactly. He's like, are you done? Okay, now go do that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow, you jumped way ahead of me, but thank you so much for sharing. Oh, um, no. No, you're fine. No, you're fine. Trust me. No, it's fine. Um, but, Wow. Can you kind of unpack that for us? Because um, that was sure. my next thing. Like, I was about to be like, tell us your story. Can you kind of um, really lead us on the journey to uh, where you are now? Yes. So my, my journey toward Virtuous um, starts with um, being an overachieving teen. Um, I was able to um, excel in my studies, which afforded me lots of opportunities from an educational perspective to be exposed to business, um, the medical field, and, and um, entertainment and, and other things in my childhood that told me there was something other than um, the poverty that I was being raised in. And so through my young adult life, although I had been married and, you know, had some abuse and different things that were going on, God always managed to have a, a, a hand on me and have me be exposed to opportunities to learn new skills without being able to um, go to and finish college. So although I, I am operating and have launched several businesses, I haven't been able to finish college yet. It is still a goal of mine. But my journey took me on a path where only God could get the glory for um, every great thing that is happening. And, and no one can take credit for it, not even me. I can't say it's because of my degree. I can't say it because of something that, that I have done specifically. But 
just being exposed to learning opportunities all along the way um, opened the door for me to start doing some consulting. Um, by 30, I was a single parent and I had to do consulting on the side of my day job. But what I discovered was that I made far more as a consultant than I did as a research assistant um, working for um, a medical institution. And so that led me on a path to entrepreneurship. And although it was tough, the, the liberties of being able to take every creative idea that God gave me and blow that out into a business that sometimes they were much more successful than others. And, you know, I recognized in hindsight that they were seeds that God was planting, preparing me for where I am now, um, just kind of building up my courage and, and my boldness. So I started with um, consulting, just doing grant writing and proposal preparation, and then launched into a cleaning service and then um, moved into some nonprofit ventures. And then every now and then in between there, I would go and get a real job because it was just really too stressful having children and not having a steady paycheck. But it was like he would give me a breather and I'd you know, take a month, two months, a year sometimes to work for other organizations and do my consulting on the side. But fast forward to, I'll say, age 40. I think 40. Yeah, because I remember telling the joke about how my wilderness experience must be over because I was 40 and he was calling me to do something much bigger than hide in the shadows. And um, I was called to actually launch a nonprofit organization that would build the capacity of churches so that we could do the work that we do in community more in the spirit of excellence, not just haphazardly, not just out of passion, but also having the capacity to do kingdom work. So um, in 2010 was the launch of Kingdom Communities of the Valley. And that was a journey of planting seeds and being faithful to the leadership of others. We would come alongside and, and behind and underneath and, and wherever those leaders were needed to help build the capacity of you know, their different ministries, um, again, in the spirit of excellence. So all things as unto God, um, making sure that everything we did made the kingdom look good, um, representing that excellence, representing the, the wholeness that, that is available to us in the body of Christ. And part of that was easy um, in that the joy of doing the work was easy, but the, the difficult part was um, learning to build my faith because the provision financially wasn't always there. Um, I thank God for my husband. I, I did remarry at 35, but I thank God for him being an awesome man of God in my covering because all the wild ideas that I would come to him with and say, you know what? God said I should do this. He, he'd go pray about it and he'd come back. Sometimes he'd give me a little pushback, but most of the time he says, okay, if God said do it, that's where we're going. So I've been able to um, develop the nonprofit and then ultimately the for-profits that we own Um but Kingdom Communities gave rise to a couple of social enterprises um, that our family owns, which is what we call Dunamis Enterprises. And so there are several LLCs that operate under that, Zion Institute being one. And that is where we focus on actually building other micro enterprises and other um, social enterprises that nonprofits may want to launch so that it improves their sustainability. Um, and then the other is Zion Living, which is, again, the program for men. And it's really a healing space for adult males, 18 and over, um, some with mental illness, some with other disabilities, um, but all of them needing a space to heal and be restored and um, reconnected to Christ, um, not necessarily through church, but just through the demonstration of the love of Christ through how we serve them while they live here. Um, and then Journey to Virtuous was um, a concept that evolved out of recognizing the struggle of being called to leadership as a female, um, but being uh, a member of a denomination that did not necessarily welcome women into leadership. Even if God had called us, the um, structure of the church did not allow for uh, my leader development. And so just having lived that journey, I thought it was important to share my testimony with other women um, as a point of encouragement, but then also for us to sharpen one another along the journey. So I figure if I can share my testimony, then 
That's one less truck the next leader needs to get hit by to know it hurts. I can say, yeah, watch out for the red ones. <laughs> Duck when the blue one comes, you know, those kind of things. Just the, the life experience of moving when God says move in spite of whether or not man endorses it. So that's what Journey to Virtuous is about. Dang. Like, mic dropped. Like, oh, my goodness. That was amazing. Oh. Absolutely amazing. And the one thing I love about you is you're just so humble. No, <laughs> like, oh, thank you. You literally sat on the phone with me <laughs> and didn't mention anything. <laughs> like, you're just like, yeah, I, I, I do business. And then that was it. But you, you're coming out here. You're, you're like, I, I'm basically a mogul. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. No, you, I'm you just know. me. Yeah. And that, I mean, I think if, if I could take credit for it, maybe there might be a glimmer of something there available. But because I know every step of this journey has been because of God, there's no way I can take credit for it. There have been so many mistakes that I've made along the way where he's proven scripture to be true. All things work together for the good of them who are called according mm -hmm. to his purpose. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. even when I was messing up, even when I was developing my own strategic plan and not consulting him daily. And, and our, our, what I now do is a daily board meeting with God. But oh. even before I got to that point, uh -huh. he, he would take my mess up and make it my ministry. So I love that a daily board meeting with God. Yes, I that is exactly that. what it is. Ooh. That's like Let me word. just say <laughs> it's not the most convenient, but it is necessary. Yes. <laughs> I know for me that's something that I'm trying to get better at. Like you, usually I kind of I pray at night or I read my Bible at night, but I'm really trying to get myself to like really sit down and just be like, okay, what is what is what do you want me to do for today? Because you know when you're running something or you're you're producing something, there's so many ideas coming your way. You're never really sure what is my portion for today. What am I supposed right. to focus on for today? Because you know I think people us who are visionaries and and we and we have so many ideas. We want to do so many things. Uh, it's like, oh, um, you know, I have to get this done. I have to get that done. The bigger picture. But it's like, no, God, what's my portion for today? Because when you start trying to tackle everything at once, it just becomes too much. So you are absolutely correct. Um, one of the greatest blessings on this this journey of building Zion Living was the gift of a business team. Um, there is a, a team of men that, that are around me that bring different strengths, and they are my advisors. I, I, I do seek wise counsel. I, I recognize that I don't have the expertise in every area. And so part of my trusting God means that when I've prayed that prayer of send me every resource that I need, that that's not just money. Um, so I've been blessed with a, a business coach that is also my accountability partner, um, I have another business coach who is, um, his expertise is in finance and, and rescuing uh, businesses. So I've been able to glean from his wisdom and, and he is far older than me. So I, I can take the lumps from my elders better than I can my peers. I'm still working on that. But um, through that humility and recognizing that God is calling me to build something great, it's beyond me and those of us who are who are in the body that have that gift to lend, we're better together. And and it's about the kingdom ultimately. So even though I have ownership, ownership to me just means I have a level of responsibility and accountability to make sure it's excellent. Oh, and I love that um, spirit of excellence. Um, I think that's one theme that God is really hitting the body of Christ right now um, when it comes to when he's given us maybe a ministry or a business or whatever, a spirit of excellence. Um, I believe that if we're called to do something like, let's say like you, like running a business and not that you're competing, but you know, there are other people that are doing possibly something similar to you. You know, you're, you're called to do things even, even better, even greater, like having the Holy Spirit on your side kind of pushes you to, to do, to go above and beyond, to make everything excellent because God is, is, is an excellent God. He's a perfect God. Mind you, we're not perfect, but I feel like he kind of just shapes us in a way that, no, if you're going to put my name on this, you're going to do it right. right. You're going to exactly. do it right. Uh, like my friend and I, you know, I think it was so funny. 
uh, at the same time, we kind of got that inkling that God is like, you know what? You can't just be treating your platforms like it's a hobby. No, like mm. I'm going to need y'all to, you know, do something with this, you know, because you right. have people step who up are, your game. Yeah. You have people who are in the world, um, you know, doing great things. But imagine you're a child of God. You know, would he not want you to even do greater to do better? in whatever mm-hmm. area that you're doing. So I, th- I think that's so cool that that's something that you, that you live by a spirit of excellence. You know, that's one great. of the other things that has been liberating for me and recognizing number one, that I am, I'm doing this for God. He's using my gifts to help build his kingdom, establish his covenant here on the earth. It takes away the pressure that I might've felt um, with competition I don't view the other businesses that may do the same thing that I do as competition. Um, I view it as an opportunity to be a light in a place that may not have the light of Christ in it. Um, For example, our our business development and and the business incubation, the community that we live in, um, there are a lot of small businesses, micro enterprises, and there are some other individuals that do business development, but they have a a cookie cutter way of, of how they do it. And they don't necessarily step outside of their comfort zone to serve. They just figure this is my niche and I'm going to stay here. But if I apply the principles of, of the Bible that say go everywhere, go into all the land and, and preach the gospel. For me, through the lens of business, that means anywhere there's an opportunity for me to bring the light of Christ into business, I want to do that. Um, so that means service sometimes. So it means sometimes those businesses or those companies that offer what we offer, being able to help them make the right connection and translate um, for them so that the resources they have is now available to the smaller businesses that they wouldn't have touched. I feel like that's kingdom business. I've made a connection so that those folks have access to resources that they would not have otherwise had. And it doesn't take anything from me because I'm building kingdom. And if I see God as my source, I'm not worried about what business I might quote unquote lose um, because he's going to make sure that I've got what I need. So it takes away that pressure of I can only work with this kind of person with this kind of thing and that other people, the other people are my competition and I have to make sure that I look better than them. Well, I should be in the spirit of excellence anyway. So what they look like shouldn't be my standard. My standard should be what does God expect of me? And if I maintain that standard, I'm not so focused on what's happening around me because we can all be crawling on our knees and look to our left or our right. And if we see everybody, we think it's cool. It's only when one of us stands up. And then we look over and we see their knees. We recognize that we might not be on the level we need to be on. So it raises our accountability. But God's standard is the one that keeps me safe. Mm, I love that. And that is so true. Uh, I, lo- I just like the way you explain that. <laughs> I don't have really much to say to that. I just, <laughs> that, was, that was good. <laughs> it is Hard Knock University that got me here, though, Dami. Don't don't ever believe that this was something I just woke up and, and had these bright ideas or these epiphanies. It was mm-hmm. the journey of trying to do it my way, yeah. um, negotiating with God about doing a little bit his way and doing a little bit my way to ultimately surrendering to it's his business. It's his kingdom I'm building. So who knows better than, than him as the CEO? I really like that. And that's so true. Um, Cause sometimes I know for myself, I'll speak on my own, on my own, that it can be difficult when you're doing something and you know, like, you know, God is your source, you know, God is like there for you to help you and sustain you. Sometimes it can get a little difficult when you're looking to the left and to the right. Cause I've fallen into that trap that, Oh my goodness, you know, um, you know, People aren't necessarily doing the type of, well, at least in the Christian community, doing the type of podcast that I'm doing, but there's still other people that are doing something similar. And it's always like, oh my goodness, like, I'm trying to learn from them. How did they do it? Blah, 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 blah. And it can be a vicious cycle until God was just like, look, you got to stop with this comparison game. Like, you just, <laughs> you just, you just got to stop, like, legit, like, you know. And, you know, he really made me go on a break. I'm actually just coming back from, like, a one-month hiatus from the podcast. Just really trying to learn more about what I'm doing and learn more about myself, you know, and and, and really hone in on him. Because at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, like, if if I'm be real, I don't have much resources. Like, I don't have a lot of financial support for this or even the network that much 
you know, I'm still meeting people, but I don't have everything that at my fingertips. But what I've still seen is he's still providing. Um, yeah, you know, he's still he's still doing the thing. Okay, mm-hmm. like even in the moments <laughs> where I'm just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> mm-hmm. like even like I wanted to update my website. I wanted to update my website and you know, somebody was telling me they're going to charge me like $2,000. I'm like, $2,000. Like I don't have that. And you know, God provided another way for me to change the website up to my liking and just, you know, really make it what I want. But needless to say, I'm, I'm kind of like talking, but <laughs> needless to say, he really had to teach me like, yo, this comparison game that you have going on is not working for me. Okay. I'm going to be the one to provide for you. You, like I will be the resource for you when you think you don't have like I will provide that for you and and he's done just that he has done just that so I want to cents. share well I, two cents is much more valuable than two cents um because it's <laughs> just for for me it's comforting to know it's not just me that yeah. is going through that particular journey but um as a point of encouragement that growing to the point of having the faith for him to provide is exactly that it is a growth journey. Um, because the the bigger the business grows, the more you need to Mm -hmm. sustain it. Mm -hmm. Um, this, this dunamis enterprises is a perfect example. We were blessed to purchase a piece of property and I call it the ministry of discovery because had I known what we would go through after we purchased it, I would have said, never mind. (laughs) we would have just skipped over this part of the journey and I'd have been trying to do other work. But, um, through that purchase, we've had like major repairs, all sorts of things that have needed to happen and we didn't have the cash flow for it, but miraculous things have happened along the journey, including at one point, the lender giving us the money to make some repairs and uh, allowing us to go a few months without paying the mortgage until it could get done. Um, we've had brothers in Christ just show up to check on us, Um, when I had been praying at 2 a.m., God, I need breathing room. I just need to know that you're in this. And they show up and just hand us a check for thousands of dollars and say, here's some breathing room. So they use the very words that I prayed in the wee hours of the morning Mm -hmm. to, um, we've gone through a uh, bankruptcy, a debt consolidation to, to keep it in place before I got my business coaches. That was my moment of surrender to say, okay, God, I'm not doing this right. I know you told me to do it. I'm not doing it right. Send me the help that will help me see what I need to change about me so that so that I can honor you with my service the right way. Um, going through all of that to even while that was happening, um, not being able to use part of the space, which meant having to rely on truly, I called it manna from heaven. People would say, how are you sustaining? And I'd say manna from heaven, because we would literally have deficits of, of 5,000 or more per month. And I had no strategy for where it was coming from. And every month it showed up <laughs> every month it showed up and not always the same source, not always by the same means. So God has over and over and over again, proven to us that he is our provider. And that's why it's so easy for me to say now, because it's been a three-year journey of him proving that that's true. Um, So I could be in denial or I could be arrogant and take the credit for it. I I choose not to do either one of those. This is God's. Every every one of these businesses that he's placed in my care belong to him. And so I owe it to him to, to do it the way he says, do it which is why those board meetings every morning are so important. My schedule isn't my own. It's okay, daddy, what do you want me to do today? What should I be focused on today? Right. And that that's not traditional business at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it I've, is not. I've heard, I mean, many interviews uh, with different entrepreneurs and yeah, because the people be asking, okay, so how did you build your business? Blase, blase. And I guarantee you what you just said in it. <laughs> what you just said is not it. I tried the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I tried writing the business plan and the strategic plan. But, yeah. it, I mean, it's funny because we couldn't get money with a gun and a ski mask. So oh, financing, <laughs> financing real estate was out of the question. And then a business line of credit, they're like, yeah, right. Give us one of those kids or one of them grandbabies because you got a bunch of both of those, you know. So those were really our only options for cash flow. Oh, my goodness. So and there are not enough car washes and chicken and fish fries to to raise the kind of money that it takes to operate these businesses. So Mm -hmm. it's either do it his way or it doesn't succeed. 
Right. So, like I said, it it was not. It was. I am not. I, I'm. I'm ordinary. I am stubborn. I am, or have been. I won't confess that about myself. Now, I I was raised to be stubborn. I was raised with the mentality of never let them see you sweat, which meant I was too proud to ask for help whenever I needed it. Um, all of that was instilled in me. I was taught to survive. Um, but where God needed me was in a position to, to give myself permission to thrive in life and not just survive. And that meant really coming back to relying on him. Yes. Yes. I like that. Like we're not here to just survive. We're here to thrive. That's right. That's right. Um, I would like you to take us a little bit uh, deeper into your business when it comes to like your trainings and also Mm -hmm. um, the house you created for men. um, Mm -hmm. Can you explain to the listeners and myself, what exactly is your, is your, like your mentorship training about? What do you do with these leaders? Sure. So with the leadership training, the journey to virtuous really begins with um, understanding who we are in God. Who does he say we are versus um, who the world says we are, or who we even say we are. Um, there are uh, two books that I published. Um, one is called Taking Back My Heart, Surviving the Storms to Enjoy the Rain, the R-E-I-G-N. And that is really my testimony from young adulthood after the suicide attempt to the point of recognizing that God truly did choose me for this journey. And he didn't have to qualify me in any way that I could have on my own naturally. It it was because this is who he said I am. And so that self-discovery is part of the journey to virtuous um, coaching. And then I have a second book called Breaking the Cycles. And Breaking the Cycles is that season of self-examination that we go through a lot of reflection. Um, And I tell the ladies that I coach, what you, your choices can be a lesson or they can become a lifestyle. And it's better that they become a lesson (laughs) and and not a, a lifestyle because we choose to repeat the brokenness over and over again. And so Journey to Virtuous really walks the the women through that moment of discovering that, yes, God did choose you um, in spite of what, what men may have said, what our parents may have said, what our life circumstances might be saying, um, to know that we're called to something greater in him. And then walking through the breaking the cycles is looking at those cycles that might be familiar in our life that are comfortable places, but they're not um, comforting places. Um, they're not places that bring us closer to our destiny. They're not things that that are productive in terms of bringing us into the circle of folks that will, will sharpen us the way that we sharpen them, folks that will complement our gifts instead of just using us, because there's a lot of that um, for those of us who are called to leadership, but we might be bound in some sort of way, whether it's in our own mind, not believing that we can take the lead, or it's others have put their thumb on us and said, you're not going to because we won't allow it. Um, there's a lot of confidence that needs to be developed. So being part of the the journey to virtuous uh, training helps us discover, number one, that we're not alone in the walk. But then it puts us in a circle of other women who are called to greatness. And we won't allow circumstances or doctrine or tradition or religion or our past to, to be barriers to us walking in, in purpose. Wow. Um, it's self-paced. Mm-hmm. So the women, some of us, we, we meet as much as once a week. Some of us are meeting a couple of times a week. Um, so for me, I try to at least once a day <laughs> be encouraging to someone else. Cause it really helps me encourage me as well. Yeah. Um, so that's journey to virtuous. Um, Zion Institute is the business side of that. So the women that choose to launch businesses, um, they go through what's called the spirit of excellence business training. And that's actually six self-paced sessions that walk them through the development of a strategic business plan that includes those meetings with God (laughs) as part of the strategic planning, those, those board meetings of, you know, always revisiting, um, where does our, our business models and our practices and our values align with scripture, um, And I think that any of us that are called to business, if we are believers in Christ, we're called to kingdom business. It's just by nature of who we are. Everywhere we go, we should be taking kingdom with us. So we should infiltrate every part of our lives. Um, Then Zion Living is 
by far the one that stretches me the most, I would say, because I was raised with, with brothers. Um, and they used to beat me up at times and, you know, I could, I could whip on my little brother until he got bigger than me. So the <laughs> idea that God would use me to be a nurturing vehicle, uh-huh. um, for adult men was very foreign to me. Wow, um, okay. having been raised by a single mom, it was men had to be tough. Men had to have their act together. Men had to, you know, almost walk on water to be acceptable. Uh, never mind adored. That that was not even part of the definition. Just to be acceptable, there was a certain criteria you had to meet, and no man ever met up to that um, in, in my younger life. So consequently, I settled for a lot. But um, Zion Living is a place of healing for all men who come here. So they come from different walks of life. Um, as I said, there are two divisions: transitions is an unlicensed program. The men can be here for up to a year. Um, it's residential, of course, but we share meals. They can do their laundry. But it's just to put them in an environment that is all love. They are accepted regardless of what their past may have been. Our focus is on the future. And what makes them a right fit is their commitment to change and forward movement um, while they're here on the campus. Um, Zion Living, um, the licensed residential facility, is for adult men as well, but it's for men who have serious mental illness. So they need a little extra support. So we've got 24-hour staff, uh, seven days a week, to help the men. In some cases, they need to learn how to cook. They need to learn how to do laundry. They need social skills. Some of them just need a sense of family and community um, to create some normalcy and and help them identify with something other than their mental illness. Wow. So, How did you discover there was a need for that? Um, we started with God's instruction to start the housing program of transitions. Um, last summer, we got an influx of homeless men with serious mental illness. And it took a few times of the smoke alarm being set off and the house almost being set on fire because they didn't know how to cook, but they needed, you know, they need to eat. Um, Some of them not having um, the the proper social skills to know how to engage in relationships. Some of them not having proper hygiene. So they would go four or five days with no shower. And that is absolutely noticeable when you have a house full of men. So just recognizing some of those things and knowing that they had uh, a mental health but weren't necessarily connected to the right services. So then we became a liaison to the services. So it was a logical progression that we made sure the community was safe enough for them to continue to live, and that meant 24-7 staffing. Wow. That's awesome. And how do you, uh, I guess, find the staff to be able to work for for that type of community because I'm sure it, it can be a bit difficult like hiring people who are actually dedicated to, to working there. So how do you go about that process? Well, our recruitment started with family. Um, the whole Zion vision three years ago began with me sending the business plan to all of my siblings and saying, come to Arizona and, and build out this vision with me. Um, I was able to convince two of my brothers. The third one didn't fall for it, but actually he's, he's an entrepreneur in California, so he stayed. But I was able to get my older brother to relocate from Maryland to come and help us launch and my youngest brother to come from San Diego to help. Um, and they were with us the first couple of years. So my older brother stayed. He's a, a veteran in, from the Army, so he lives on the campus 24-7 and helps us to run it. Um, each of our children are, are part of the staff. They get mom. They understand my vision. They've been doing nonprofits since they were old enough to walk just because service has always been a part of who we are. Um, so each of them um, gives some support. And then we have other individuals that have come through. My husband is a, a therapist, so he is exposed to folks in the behavioral health field. And so he identifies different folks that he recognizes have the light of Christ, and, and we invite them to be part of the journey. Again, non-traditional recruitment as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. my God, it's working. It is. It is, it is working. working. Mm-hmm. It is working. And, and mm-hmm. what you're doing is just so beautiful, especially, I, I don't know, I always get excited when there's something for men, because I feel sometimes men don't have a space to heal. Um, you know, you have hyper-masculinity um, ideals in the society or, you know, uh, trauma from childhood and whatnot. So men are not given the space. 
and the ability sometimes to just heal. And I think that's so amazing that you've created an opportunity for them to come and be like, hey, like you're welcome here. This is a family for you and you're able to heal. And on the flip side of that, I love that you are training women um, to really just um, look within themselves and, and heal through um, certain issues that they've been going through. But then also on the business side too, you're equipping women to, to create um, business plans and business ideas with God at the center. I think that's yeah. great. Um, I think it's also great that you are, you know, you're, you're able to kind of help people in all areas. You know, one thing about this, um, what is this, this series is that I really love to showcase people who are doing things not just in the four walls because the thing is a lot of churches um, tell people that they're only allowed to live out their purpose in the church. So whether from choir or being an usher and people believe that, you know, I was one of those people that, so is this the only way that I can be a light is only in the church, mm -hmm. you know, but I love that you're right. opening up an opportunity for people to use their gifts and their talents and, and put God at the center of what they're doing. So Love well, it. you know, my sad reality is that um, when I attempted my suicide, I was singing in the choir. I was the Sunday school teacher for the second graders. Um, I was active in the four walls. But the woundedness that was still inside me that wasn't being resolved um, left the door open for for all of the, the negativity to, to still remain, all the hiddenness, all the masks that I wore in church. And my true healing came when I, when I gave myself away truly to not people that were part of my church family, not people that I knew, um, not people that I felt had earned it, but truly gave myself away to other people that, that were total strangers. There was nothing I could gain from it by serving them and recognizing that I had tried to surrender my life. I wanted to give it up. Um, but God allowed me to stay here instead of me looking at it like he made me stay here. He allowed me to stay here. And I began to look at life as a gift. And I look at it differently. Um, each time I see an opportunity to serve, when I see a hopeless person, what I remember is how hopeless I was, even behind the mask of Sunday school teacher and, and alto soprano singer in the, in the praise team and the choir team and dressing neck to ankle and not wearing the red nail polish or lipstick and, and, you know, professing holiness, but I, I didn't, I didn't have it on the inside. I didn't have a right relationship with God. I had religion, but not relationship. And so there's so many of us that sit in church, um, sit in the pews, not feeling like we have anything to offer because maybe we can't sing, or maybe we're not called to teach, or maybe we didn't get picked to be part of some ministry that is only within the four walls. And when we begin to to assess our value based on how active we are in those four walls, it gets dangerous. It gets really dangerous. So I love that you um, gave us yet another piece of your life you shared with us. Um, you're so open, and I really appreciate that. It's going to um, allow people to heal. It's going to allow people to really heal and, you know, really look within themselves um, one thing that I love about this platform is the ability to tell people's stories. Like, I love hearing other people's stories, and I love creating something that people can tell their stories because I believe it brings healing, and people can identify that, you know what, that's how I feel right now, or I've been mm -hmm. there before. It doesn't have to be like that. Because exactly. if we're only getting one narrative or one story about how this Christian life is or this walk is, you know, it's really deterring people. So... I love that you're just so open and that you oh, shared that well, with us. It's all his. It's, it's, you know, it is my story, but it's his story of how yes. he loved me in spite of me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how he uses me in spite of me. Yes. <laughs> so. Oh man, that's beautiful. Um, it's true. God just uses our, well, I say mess ups. Yeah. Our mm -hmm, mess ups, our dirt, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It just brings, um, glory to it like um uh, I, I love ronnie brown uh she's a business owner she has multiple businesses and one thing i love about her is she's not afraid to tell her story i think she had a child when she was um in in high school or mm -hmm. got pregnant in high school and you know just struggling but you know now it's you wouldn't even be able to tell that was her story and she always gives glory to god that wow god if you if you give some your your, your story your your hurt your pain whatever it is to god he's going to transform it to something that you would have never imagined 
Absolutely. So, absolutely. I'm a living witness. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yeah. ma'am. They're all out there. Okay. So Twitter is at Zion Institute. Uh, Instagram is SMP, my initials, Virtuous. Um, let's see. Facebook, gosh, there's a ton of pages. They can look for Sean M. Pearson, Journey Coach, and that is for Journey to Virtuous. Um, they can also look for Zion Institute on Facebook. If they want to email me a personal note, it could be zionlivingphx at gmail.com. I will link everything below. So, okay. Yeah, Thank I'll you. link everything below. You know what? There's actually one more question I have. Sure. Um, how does someone know for sure they are called to leadership, um, especially when it comes to business and kingdom business? How do we know that we are called for that? For me, um, I, I don't know that there is like a cookie cutter way that, that it is done. Um, again, I'll, I'll go back to the foundational principles of, of being a believer. The Great Commission tells us to go into all the world and, and preach the gospel. And that's not um, that's not just preaching in the in the t- context that we might think of it as, as being a preacher or a minister, or but just sharing the gospel, sharing the good news. Um, each of us who are believers are called to be in a space to share the good news. Um, if we are called to business, for me personally, I honestly did not go to school for it. I did have what I consider a miraculous experience of I felt like God just split my head and poured it in because I didn't go to school for most of what I know how to do. It was something that he used me to do that actually got me attention in certain circles where others gravitated. And then I I was given leadership opportunities. But knowing that we are called to disciple others makes us a leader. Um, Any of us who are willing to share our testimony we can, we can tell our story better than anyone else um, in that right. We become leaders of the journey of, of sharing our testimonies for the encouragement of others, that they'll see our good works and glorify the Father, as the Word says. Um, it, whether we're called to business or we're excited about doing business, whether your journey is having had your head split and it poured in miraculously, as, as, as was my experience, or whether you've gone to school for it, if we have a commitment to living a life that is pleasing to Christ, business is supposed to be a part of that. We shouldn't separate out segments of our life where Christ can be present and other segments of our life where we don't carry Christ in. He should be a part of the the journey with him should be a part of every element of who we are. So in business, that means seeking out scripturally, what does God say about business? Um, what does he say about how we treat um, those who would be our consumers, those that we would be a light to, and, and taking the time to study those things so we really can demonstrate the love of Christ as we do business. Um, but I can say for me, it it's confirmed through having planted the seeds and, and witnessing the harvest that has come from it, um, being the doors being open to other opportunities, even if I was afraid to walk through the door, opportunities were presented that confirmed, yes, this is the direction I should go. Um, and I later, you know, began to step into that. But I think it is just the, the call on, on our life as, as believers to be disciples of others um, and in business to do that same thing. All right. Well, Sean, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Um, it's been a pleasure. And a blessing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It, it was encouragement to me. It's a reminder of what God has done. So yes. I'm, I'm pumped for my next eight days at least. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> right. That's right. Great. Thank you, Dami, for having me. You're so welcome. Um, thank you again. And thank you guys for listening and sticking and rocking with me. I know I was gone for some time, but I'm back. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, You already know where you can find The Planter. You can find this podcast on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. 
And you can also subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can actually subscribe right now while you're listening. So um, subscribe. Um, you know where to follow me on social media. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Planter. Same handle, T-H-E-P-L-A-N-N-T-E-R. And let's have conversation. I post often, so let's talk, you know. And in any other way, you know my email, you can email me. Um, we can speak through there, too. So I just want to say thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. It is a pleasure to serve you all and to um, share with you amazing stories like this. Um, thank you, Sean, again. And guys, I thank will you. Yes, thank you. And I will speak to you guys on the next episode. <laughs>